Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen? And so are you! <laughs> Welcome to episode 22 of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. And before we get started, I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody who turned out and voted over at the podcast awards. I unfortunately did not win. We here at the Scream Queens do not win. But, uh, you know, not surprisingly, I went to Dan Savage. And like I said, when it was first announced, I knew I was not going to win, especially to him. And... The man deserves it. If anyone deserves it, it's him. And I am more than happy to lose to him this year. Next year, his ass is mine. Okay, kids? Okay. Yeah, my voice still isn't back, everybody. So this is going to be another shortened episode, unfortunately, for two reasons. One, my voice isn't back. And second of all, Bradford and I are going up to Connecticut to spend the holidays with his family. And I didn't take that into consideration when I made plans. So... What am I going to do instead? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you all a homework assignment. No, you're groaning. Trust me, there'll be no 500-word essays. Or You can make a diorama if you want. But what I'd like you to do, next week, I'm going to be discussing my favorite horror movie of all time. And that is the appropriately holiday-themed, which will be late by this time, uh, next week. But that's not the point right now. Black Christmas from 1974. If you think I'm talking about the 2006 remake, go stick your head in the toilet and flush it three times to cleanse out your brain because you are insane. Now, Black Christmas is available on Netflix Instant Watch if you haven't seen it before. If you have seen it before, watch it again anyway. And I'd like you to take note of some things just for me because this is what I'm going to be discussing. What I'd like you to take note of is the use of ambient sound in this film. What do I mean by that? I mean things like the sound of the clock ticking and the sound of the wind in the background. Just take note of it. It'll all be on the test. Also, if you want to play along with the craft shoot, I'm going to be reviewing a movie I've already watched now, uh, which I plan to do this week, but it is the lesbian slasher called Make a Wish. That is also available on Netflix Instant Watch. Am I saying that it's a recommend? No, I'm not. I'm just saying that if you want to be prepared what I'm going to unleash, good or bad, you can do that if you want to. Now, I did notice something about the Netflix Instant Watch with Make-A-Wish. Uh, if you're looking for it, the cover art comes up incorrectly. The title under, in the print says Make-A-Wish, but the cover art is for a DVD called, called My Mother Likes Women. Still in the whole, you know, lesbian vein, but not quite the same thing. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Who cares? Shut up, Patrick. I'm tired. Can you tell that? I always wanted to say a huge thank you to everybody who sent me all the well wishes about getting better in time for my concert last week at Town Hall. And you know what? I actually got my Christmas miracle. It was really the most amazing thing. Because I was even worse than I sound now. I was croaking up until the day before. I was croaking that morning. You know, we started getting into the sound check and everything. My voice came back long enough and strong enough to get me through both shows without a problem. Immediately after, it was gone again. And then my friend Martin said, you know what? It was just like that Christmas episode of the Brady Bunch. You know where Carol Brady was supposed to sing 
Oh, come all you faithful at church. But then she lost her voice and said it was so upset. And they prayed to Santa Claus or some shit. And by a miracle of the Brady Bunch, she was able to sing. And you know by now that I live my life based on the lessons learned from the Brady Bunch. So I had a very Brady miracle this Christmas. What'd you get? A cheese log from Hickory Farms? That's nice too. Anyway, I got a lot of backed up voicemail from last week. So I'm going to be playing some of that this week. But first, I got a special treat for you. Because I can't just dump Zombart in your lap for three hours and then just leave. No! First, I got a little Christmas treat. And it's not just me sounding like Margot Kidder and squeaking whenever I say something emphatically. No, no, no. I am going to give you my very first audiobook recording. Yeah. See, a couple of months ago, I was cleaning out my parents' house because uh, they're moving and stuff, and I found something that I wrote back in grade school as part of the countywide book writing competition. You had to write a book, you know, a children's book, and you had to bind it and like do artwork for it and all this other stuff, and if you won, your book got picked up by the library. My book did not win, but you're the winners this time. I was actually going to try to scan the artwork in and make a video of it, but I've just run out of time time so you'll just have to use your imagination anyway so sit back relax and enjoy the legend of death hill house The Legend of Death Hill House by Patrick Fitzgerald. Copyright St. Joseph's Press, 1983. Gather round, children, for another spooky tale with Uncle Shivers. Tonight's story is The Legend of Death Hill House. It is the story of a house with a surprise for its owners. Lisa DeMay picked up her newspaper and opened to the classified section. One ad caught her eye. House for sale. Victorian, five bedrooms, three bathrooms, four acres. Fully furnished. Call Century 21, $8,000. $8,000, exclaimed Lisa. Wow, they must have left out a few zeros. Lisa went to Century 21 and soon was in her new home. The house was at the top of a high hill. There were no houses around except for one at the bottom of a hill, half a mile away. There was a white picket fence surrounding the house with a low gate reaching only to Lisa's knees. Upon entering, Lisa saw the most beautiful furniture she had ever seen. There was a wing chair with a carved wooden figure over it, a grandfather clock, a Tiffany floor lamp, an old-fashioned water closet, and various other things. By the time Lisa had finished unpacking, she was so tired that she went to bed. The next morning, Lisa decided to visit her new neighbor. Lisa rang the doorbell, and a kind-looking old lady answered. Hi, said Lisa. I'm your new neighbor. You've moved into Death Hill House? The old woman said. You must leave. Evil things happen there. All the other owners disappeared shortly after buying it. Leave! 
or you may never see the daylight again, screamed the old woman and slammed the door. When Lisa arrived back at her house, she noticed that something was wrong. All of the furniture was slightly out of place. The coffee table, which usually sat in the center of the rug, was slightly out of line. The wing chair was turned a little to the left, and the brass bed was a few inches away from the wall. For the next few days, every time Lisa came back from work, the furniture had moved a bit more. Until one day, Lisa came home from work and realized that her furniture had not moved. Relieved, she sat down in the wing chair. Soon she had fallen asleep. She awoke with a start when she felt something around her neck. She looked up and screamed. The wooden figure on the top of the chair was strangling her. Lisa kicked and struggled, but the more she fought, the tighter the chair's grip became. Lisa turned blue from lack of oxygen. She was about to slip into unconsciousness when the chair's grip loosened slightly, but it was enough for Lisa to get away. In a state of terror, Lisa fled down the hall where the grandfather clock stood, its pendulum swinging happily. Suddenly, the pendulum changed its course. Instead of swinging from side to side, the pendulum swung outward and hit Lisa in the stomach. Lisa fell to the ground and moaned in pain. She clambered to her feet and slowly made her way to the bathroom. It seemed like an eternity before she reached the door. She went in, closed the door, and began to sob. All of a sudden, the lid on the water closet flew open. Lisa turned and saw that under the lid was a gaping mouth with a set of hideous yellow teeth and a foul, wrinkled tongue. The mouth began to suck in air with the strength of a high-powered vacuum. Perfume bottles, air fresheners, manicure sets, all sucked into the void under the lid. Then Lisa felt herself moving towards the water closet. She felt the suction become stronger and the tiny bathroom became a hurricane. Lisa grabbed the doorknob and her feet lifted right off the floor so it looked like she was suspended in midair. A large ceramic wishing well decoration which sat on top of the water closet began inching its way towards the rim of the ledge. As it fell into the pit, it knocked the lid shut and the suction stopped. Lisa stood dazed for a moment and as if in a trance, walked out of the bathroom. Lisa started to open the front door when she heard a sound behind her. She turned slowly to see what it was and saw the Tiffany floor lamp rolling down the hall all by itself. Breaking out of her trance, Lisa screamed and bolted down the front walk. Since she was running in such a state of blind panic, she never saw the gate slam shut an instant before she reached it. It slammed into Lisa's legs and sent her tumbling to the ground. Moaning in pain, Lisa sat herself up against the fence. When her eyes finally cleared, she saw the lamp roll out the front door. The shade was now missing, and the bulb was slightly broken. A small portion of the bulb had broken away, leaving sharp, jagged edges behind. Suddenly, the lamp rose off the ground like an invisible knight had picked it up to use as his lance. The lamp hurled itself towards the fence where Lisa was sitting. Lisa sat in shock when she saw the razor-sharp edges of the bulb heading right for her face. Lisa realized that she had no time to move, and she sent out a quick plea up to heaven. Dear God, help me! The lamp suddenly swerved off course. It struck the fence six feet away from where Lisa was sitting. And then Lisa realized something. God had helped her. He was with her at that very moment. She felt him at her side... And he wasn't at all the way she thought he was. 
He wasn't a vengeful God filled with a zillion rules and harsh punishments. He was simply kindness, gentleness, and love. And then that special moment passed, and the aura of his presence dissolved, and Lisa sighed. She picked herself up and painfully made her way to her neighbor's house for medical assistance. And the house is up for sale. You have been listening to a reading of The Legend of Death Hill House by Patrick Fitzgerald. Well, Patrick, guess who's back? This is Metal uh, Mike. Uh, Metal and Mikey? I listened to episode 18 of Scream Queens yesterday. Yes. Proving positive that Scream Queens is pretty much like every one of my favorite podcasts and that I'm always behind on listening to their episodes. We so, like congratulations, behind, Patrick. You are part of that elite Parthenon of entertainment. And a few notes about episode 18. First off, you taught me a very important lesson, and I mentally noted that, yes. and that a queen has a right to change his mind. I'm never going to forget those <laughs> words right. of wisdom. And also, I mentally noted to avoid making Snoopy a conversation point with you. I'm I never going to bring that up. Should we hang out again soon? which I'm hoping happens. But hey, I will say, though, that Snoopy Come Home was not my cartoon trauma growing up mm. in relation to a comic strip character. No, no, no. That honor was reserved for Garfield's Nine Lives. Holy crap, that shit was trippy when I was a kid. I mean, it wasn't the same sort of like, oh, look, here's Garfield. He's making the same jokes about being fat and eating lasagna and... Hating normal. Uh-huh. No, this is like Garfield is a escaped stray cat and going to cat heaven and being a detective. And it's just like, what the fuck did I Serial drop rapist. as a kid? <laughs> oh, it's great as hell. And as for your review of 127 hours, your replacement review that you provided because you apparently lost your first one, I personally don't believe you lost the first one because you know what? Hey, that hey, replacement hey. review was such high quality no. that really it just didn't matter. You did quite well. Thank you. And I believe Zombart mentioned a thing about film negativity, I guess, or just general apathy slash not really giving a crap about seasonal stuff. Now, he, just, he addressed it to the horror aspect of the kind of genre view, and Quite frankly, though, I don't want to be like one of those haters, but really, I can't remember off the top of my head the last time I went out of my way to see a horror film in the theater. Uh. I kind of chalk it off as to me being generally hesitant about going to theaters anyways lately because it's too expensive, and I just fucking hate dealing with the theater crowds. I I mean, okay, no, I do recall an instance where I did see Troll 2 around Halloween, and, you know, that was the right crowd. I mean, they were obnoxious and yelling and talking about the movie, but I was doing the same thing, too. I mean, God, it's Troll too. Who's going to really be pissed and just sit there and go, oh, you're ruining my Troll 2 narrative experience. This movie's so fucking deep. Yeah. Screw you, okay? 
I believe every Matthew anyway, Splattercast would do that. Yeah, 2010, I can't really say it's been a big horror year for me because I really haven't gone up to see a whole lot. Although I will say, as host extraordinaire of Action Attraction, this year has been very good to me in terms of the action genre, and I can't really fault it at all. It seems like we've returned to a happy place in the action genre, and that in turn has made me happy. So there you go. Gratuitous side plug. Wait, what can you say, Patrick? I play side your plug. promo. I call your show. I'm plugging you as well. Wait, that's not a terrible. Anyway, nice. you take it easy, my man. And I will talk to you again soon. You don't want to actually get my ass cut off on shows. All right? Take it easy, man. What, get your ass cut off? What? What just happened? Mikey, who's cutting your ass off? I don't know what's happening. I'm very confused. Okay, it must be the cough medicine. All right, there's a lot to talk about there, Mr. Metal, uh, Mikey of the Metal. Garfield, I got nothing for you there. Nothing, I've never seen a Garfield movie. I can imagine that if you were uh, you know, attached to Garfield and seeing him in all these alternate universes, that can be kind of a mind fuck. See, I just can't get past Garfield has the same voice as Carlton, your doorman from Rhoda. Lorenzo Music, God rest his soul. Man had a one-note vocal range, but man, what a note. Okay, in 127 hours, I suppose it's probably just as well I lost that original review that I did that I accidentally taped over it. Because it would have, if you thought this one was good, the one that was in the show was good, the one that I actually recorded probably would have caused your brain to seize and melt out your ears like seeing one of the Lovecraftian monsters or Roseanne Barr naked. Pretty much the same thing. They both got a squid in the face sometimes. I, I don't know what I'm saying. Okay, movie theater crowds. I get what you're saying about... I'm always torn about seeing stuff in the movie theater. I hate movie theater crowds these days. Okay, I sound like old man Gibbons shouting at the clouds, but I, I've been through this before. It's just a huge lack of respect across the boards, no matter what genre you're going to. It's, I, every time I go to the movies, I always have to move at least once because people won't shut up or they're texting or... I, I don't know why people go to the movies, but sometimes with horror movies, I'll bite the bullet because... There are movies that when you see them at home, they're not the same. There's that crowd energy when the crowd is right that makes it worth it. And that's why I risk it sometimes. I haven't had it in a while, but... Now let me just say Cloverfield on TV was not the same... The same? Was not the same as seeing it on the big screen. Um, Troll 2, seeing that in a movie theater, that doesn't really count because you probably saw that at a special screening. It's not like you went to see that first run in the movie theater. I probably would have given you a $5 bill. Had you actually been able to prove that you saw that first run in the theater? Because, wow. Okay, but no, you already know you're getting that crowd experience if you're going to a special screening of that. Except if Matt from the Splattercast is there and he'll be like, shh, this is my favorite part. It's a total homage to Bergman. Or some shit like that. It reminds me. <clears throat> no, I can't imagine sitting there and watching it in silence. That would be, although watching it at home I have. But let me tell you this. This was on my first tour. All right, sit down. It's Patrick's Fireside Chats. It was on my first tour uh, doing some horrible children's theater thing. We were passing through Albany. We had the night off. We saw that one of the local theaters was playing uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So we're like, yay, let's go. And it was shortly after it came out on VHS for the first time. Yeah, VHS, remember that. And we sat down, and the movie starts, and we start yelling at the screen, and we start doing the callbacks and everything, and the whole crowd was turning around going, shh. 
I'm trying to watch the movie. And I sat there and I watched Rocky Horror in silence for the first time ever. Because up until that point, I must have seen it, I don't know, God knows how many times. I couldn't actually tell you what the movie was about because Lord knows he never heard anything. He didn't go to hear the damn movie or follow the plot. So actually sitting there and watching it was kind of a trip. But fuck you people of Albany. What was I even talking about? I don't even know anymore. Oh, well, I'm glad you're having a bumper crop of action films this year. I haven't minded the horror films this year at all. And thank you for the side plug. I've heard of a butt plug, but I've never heard of a side plug. Patent that. Or don't. It just sounds unpleasant. It sounds like what you fix a, fix a cesarean with. <laughs> okay, next call, please. Oh, God. Hi-ho, Patrick. It's a Zombart with a Z. Giving you a little call. Um, I got a lot to go over, so I'm going to try to talk as fast as I can uh, oh so that I'm not weighing down your show like I usually do. Um, saw three horror movies this week. One was good, one was bad, and one was nah. I'll start with the bad. Um, I saw oh, I a movie bad for called Maniac. This is from the 80s. Ugh. I'm not exactly sure of any of the details on it. I didn't care enough to look it up. But a friend of mine invited me to a, uh, apparently there's a new 35mm print. So we went to a local art house oh. here. And we saw this classic. Uh, Maniac, for those that don't know, is about a uh, guy, maniac, <laughs> maniac, um, who has this weird fetish where he likes mannequins, but he has to have, like, real girl hair on them. So he goes out and he finds hookers and people and basically, you know, kills them like, like you do. Uh, go give, give them an American Native Indian little treatment there and puts the scalp on top of some mannequin, puts it in his bed, and talks dirty to it. Um, yeah, that's the plot. <laughs> that's about all you get as far as plot. Um, he does this a lot. And at one point, he runs into Tom Savini. Tom Savini uh, is in this, and there's a awesome scene where he's trying to get in the backseat of his car and, his and the maniac kind of jumps up and uh, blows his head off on a shotgun spoiler it's an old movie um, but yeah can't say I recommend it because it was really yeah. bad um, it might be fun going in the theater um, I know I saw it at midnight downtown Washington D.C. the only people there were the creepy guys that came in like long jackets and all that Ew. and it, it was, the theater experience is good for that. That's part of the horror community that I love. Um, what? Long jackets? At one point, someone master- yelled out, Ew. is he going to fuck the hole? Um, referring to the hole in, in the girl's chest. Um, yeah. Classy. Anyway, so that's what that one. Love to get your opinion on it. I know you love old movies. Um, <laughs> for the meh one. On Netflix, I watched a movie called Nine Dead. Um, I believe you talked about this one before. I heard it on one of these yeah, podcasts. Yeah, I did. Um, on, uh, basically, Zombie. nine people are put in a room, and the killer comes in and says, y'all have a reason for being here. Every ten minutes uh, that you can't tell me the reason you're here, I'm going to come in and kill someone. And that's how that goes. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's got a... Uh, oh, what's her face? Sabrina the Teenage Witch is in it. Yeah, her. And a bunch of other people that I don't really know. Um, but each each person in it's kind of a stereotype. They have a child molester in there who's like hitting on everybody. You have a gangster, like a mob gangster guy in there. You have the black the guy who's gangster. pissed off at everyone, and you have the little Chinese lady who doesn't speak English. Then you have like the the guy who's supposed to be like the rough and tumble cool cop guy, and basically they kind of argue back and forth and go through their thing. 
And as, you know, they get killed one by one, they start talking out their uh, issues and uh, slowly unravel this mystery. Tell me about uh, your mother. I'm going to say there's no good acting in it. The finale is not satisfying. No. It's just kind of blah. But I can't say I didn't enjoy watching it because I guess I was just curious about the mystery of it and trying to yeah, follow them on their little journey as they figure everything out because, you know, I'm like, I don't know why they're all together and I'm sure it'll be interesting. Um, in the end, it was, it was okay. Um, some things were like, uh, okay. There's a big thing in there. Uh, they bring up AIDS at one point. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's Netflix worthy. If you're interviewing and you got nothing to do and you have your television in a split screen and you're playing Nintendo on one side, this could be on the other side. Not, not, not too bad. And the good one I saw this week was actually a recommendation from the Drunken Zombie crew. Oh, I know some fucked. of your favorites. Um, I finally watched Spider Baby. I've never oh, seen this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they yeah, yeah, recommended yeah. it so high and I decided I'd give it a try. And yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, and so I'm right. not really a proponent of most old movies. Um, I love Lon Chaney. And he's one of the main guys in this, so I thought I'd give it a, I'd give it a shot. And, yeah, really good. If anything, it, I, it ended like I wanted more. It was like I was into the story. I was into the characters. There just wasn't enough there. It's like I wanted bigger, badder, because um, there wasn't enough characters for interacting with. Anyway, uh, just for people that don't know, Spider Baby is basically um, there's a house. There's some people that live in it. They have this disease that they just call the Mary syndrome based on the family that they marry. Uh, when you reach puberty, you get keep getting There's physically older, but you get mentally younger until you reach an infantile state and you're really, um, really old. And it's kind of like there's two girls. Lon Chaney is like a guy who's like watching over the family. The two girls in it are hot, and it's got uh, Sid Haig in it when he's young. Who's he's not playing hot. an older brother who's kind of mute by this point. Um but extremely watchable, extremely interesting. Yeah, yeah. And the girls kind of like they play little games where they go around and uh, attack people and yell out, we're playing spider and spiders have to kill people. And it seems like as they got younger, they also lost their sense of right and wrong when they do things. So it's, it's kind of, very young it, it, it gives you the fear when people say, oh, he's retard strong and he's going to come and get you and, and hug you to death. It kind of plays off that, and that's not politically correct. I understand. Don't hate me. Um, but it was kind of like that. And I have to say, watching this and knowing Sid Haig's association with it, I couldn't help but picture the House of a Thousand Corpses and the baby character that uh, Sherry Muzambi plays. And frankly, I think Rob Zombie, like, at one point said, I don't know what to do with her. And Sid Haig was like, well... Have you ever seen my movie Spider Baby? Just make yeah, her still from another source. Because it makes sense. Because she kind of acts like that. Like she kind of laughs and jiggles and walks along. And yeah, she laughs just like that, but she and, sucks. Yeah, she's basically one of these baby girls, just not portrayed as well. No, um, no, just and the whole thing the at the end of suck. Half a Thousand Corpses, where they're lowered into the hole, you see all the guys grabbing at the people. There's yeah. a scene just like that in Spider yeah, Baby too, which was like, oh, okay. Except Dunwall. So yeah, Rob Zombie loses yet another point with me, but I got to see a great movie. So love to hear your thoughts on that. And I know I've talked too long, so I'm going to shut up. Goodbye. Toodles. Again with the toodles. What is it with you and the toodles, Zombart? I don't get it. It it's it's creepy. Okay. Okay, um, that was a lot.
Well, it was good stuff. Maniac. Uh, I saw it once. I saw it on VHS. I heard a lot about it. It was not my cup of tea. Um, there was just something too sleazy about it that I. It was sleazy but boring, at the same time. There are a couple of things that stuck with me though that I thought was interesting. I just remember he was scalping somebody. Yeah, that part. But no, just the way. It, it was the camera work, the way the camera just didn't move. It gave it this weird staring quality. It just was gross, documentary style almost. Um, the other reason I don't want to watch this now is is just to remember what New York used to be like because that was some sleazy-ass New York. That's my New York, not this fucking Disneyland that it turns into. Like just the other day, okay, get this. Okay, another fireside chat. I was riding the subway through Times Square. And somebody in a big bird costume got on the subway and sat down. And I paid absolutely no attention because that's what Times Square is now. There's costume characters walking around. And it's just terrible. What was I talking about? The only thing that I had an interesting tidpoint that tidpoint? Tidpoint. The other interesting tidpoint a lot of people don't know is that the song Maniac from Flashdance was actually originally written about this movie. And they changed it all around to be about dancing. And he's scalping like he's never scalped before. Uh, Nine Dead. Okay, are you wanting to work my nerves? Nine Dead, I stumbled across. I think they were doing it on uh, NOTLP's uh, um, direct-to-DVD Russian Roulette segment. And I was playing along at home, and I watched and I actually didn't mind it. It was low-budget cube meets saw. But I was enjoying it. I was enjoying the mystery, like you said. Until I got to the end when it was revealed this is all about some guy got infected with HIV and he's the people that were directly or indirectly responsible for that. And this is when I got mad. Not just when that they used AIDS as the big da 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 AIDS is the big scary monster. It was that they used complete misinformation. Apparently this guy died of the fastest case of AIDS ever. As everybody knows, it takes a couple years to set in. And, you know, people don't just die from it these days. People, oh, yeah, they do, but not this fast, not now. I can see if it was set in the 80s or in the 90s that people would die a hell of a lot quicker. But they didn't actually do any homework about it, and I don't like that. And you see that it, it was at that point, there was two other movies that used AIDS as the big monster reveal at the end. And I didn't appreciate that at all. Because, you know, why do you pick on AIDS? You don't see, you know, Boniva being the movie monster. Not Boniva, you know, osteoporosis. And I'm going to go back and get revenge on the pediatrician that raised me. Because he told my mama not to give me milk. And now I have osteoporosis and it's his fault. I don't see that happen. Well, that would be awesome. Sally Field coming after people. But anyway, it's not a bad movie. It just got under my skin in the wrong way. Spider Baby. I just squeaked. I liked it a lot. I, I saw it on the Recommend of the Night of the Living podcast, people, again. And um, I don't know why I expected it to be more uh, grindhousey than it was. It was a lot more fun. A lot, very Saturday matinee, monster movie ish. And it had a weird, ghoulish, cartoony, sitcom y quality to it that I liked a lot. And, um,. Fuck Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie apparently hasn't had original thought in his head except to drop as many F-bombs into a script as humanly possible. 
and let's not talk about him anymore. Although you might be interested, Zombart, is that I know they are in the midst of pre-production of a Spider Baby musical in Los Angeles as we speak. Spider Baby, crawling in my rev out now. All my eight legs spreading. How I don't know what I'm saying. Oh my God! Next call. <coughs> Greetings, Patrick. Coppernell Neil here, calling uh, to thank you for giving us a podcast that I can listen to my wife with, and it's all about horror and its goodness, and also about brevity and pithiness. Apparently, okay. Um, thanks, Neil. Glad you and your wife can do me together. That I. This really threw me off. Moving along. Huh? Greetings, Patrick. Coffin Neil Neil here. Calling Neil. a little bit concerned. When I first called in, I got an all circuits are busy. When I okay, second called in, me. the second called in. When I called in for the second time, the call was dropped. So I'm wondering if you guys are having some sort of alien invasion out there. You know, perhaps a zombie apocalypse. And no. if so, why didn't you invite the rest of us? Anyway, man, I just want to call and say thank you for producing a show that you know on a road trip, me and the wife can listen to and laugh hysterically. It's one of the few instances in which I can sit down and, and share something with the wife about the, the horror genre. Horror. 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 Not the horror genre, because sharing that with the wife is just weird. Would, anyway, yeah, I just want to call and say thank you and ask you your thought on something. Christmas. Are horrors a genre? Creepy? I mean, you're driving around, and people are in this kind of capitalistic days. In which, you know, you pull into the mall to go grab some donuts like you do, or at least like I do. Mm. And... Suddenly, you're 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 in a Mortal Kombat situation over a parking spot as you know the lady jumps in with her Toyota Corolla, careens into the parking spot, and looks at you as if she's just won some amazing victory. Yeah. And you drive away, kind of creeped off, looking for you know another spot to park in. And then when you get in the store, people are rushing around, but they don't really seem to know where they're going, and they've all got this fake smile on their face, and people are wishing you a Merry Christmas or a Happy Holidays or you know, happy non-sectarian, religious, non-religious oh, yeah. festival of the solstice. And it just gets really creepy, and it makes me wonder, what are these people plotting? What are they doing? Anyway, just really appreciate the show, and thought I'd call and say that Christmas creeps me out. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right, Neil. Glad you got through this time and stayed through. Great for us. I don't know why. I could, I don't know what happened with the line. I don't understand things. Probably just... I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. Um, yeah, well, I'm glad you and your wife enjoy listening to the show together. You know, because that's what we do here at Scream Queens. We bring people closer. Christmas is creepy. I have to agree with you there. Um, first of all, I'm impressed that you pull into a shopping mall just to buy donuts. Because here, if you pulled into a shopping mall just to buy donuts, it's like a 12-hour event. You know, it has to be some good fucking donuts. Krispy Kreme with crack inside. Krispy Crack Kreme. Krispy Crack Kreme. And I don't care. Krispy Crack Kreme. And I don't care. And about the parking spot. You know, when somebody jumps to the parking spot, I always like to think of that scene in Stereo Mom where Dottie Henkel steals Kathleen Turner's parking spot and then she's tormented for the rest of the movie. And I say, good. Good on you, Dottie Henkel. You deserve it. And so are all other people. So I say the next time somebody does that to you, you hunt them down. You start calling them, seeing phone calls to their house and eventually get them, you know, thrown in. You know, held in the contempt of court later on and stuff, public ridicule. Um, cough syrup. Yeah, um, yeah, the Christmas fake smiles. I know what you mean. It's like this, it's not even smiles. It's kind of what the beauty queens do. It's more like baring your teeth. 
which is a sign of regression because everyone's so aggressively happy this time of year. Just consumer and consuming, consume, 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 must get the best, must get the greatest, must get this, this, must get everything, must get it now, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Who cares? I really don't know what any of it's about anymore. I don't really see what the... I know I'm not getting into a whole religious debate here. This is not a whole thing. But yeah, I see exactly what you mean. Christmas is kind of a whole, has become a whole bunch of bunkus. And I don't mean on a religious or spiritual or any other kind of level or philosophical level. I just mean on a human level, on a societal level. It's just creepy. Joy, damn it! Be joyful! This is going to be the best Christmas ever, even if I have to kill every single last one of you. Next call. Yo, yo, this is it, this is it, this is it. Ladies and gentlemen, the freestyle beat poetry of the famous Mr. Brad. I, I don't know what that was about. Sometimes it's best not to know. Hey, Patrick, this is Donnie in South Carolina. Hi, Don. I just want to call and say I love your podcast and uh, hope you get to feeling better uh, uh-huh. for the holidays. Well, thank you, Don. Thank you for calling in, first time caller. Love that. I love that. Um, it's very sweet of you to check in on me. I'm I'm feeling better. I sound awful, but I do feel better. Um, thank you so much for calling. That means a lot to me. What a nice guy. Hey, Patrick. It's Betty. Betty. I'm calling from my cell phone because my regular phone died. So hopefully the quality isn't too bad. Um, I just can't bring myself to go to a Walmart or a Target this time of year just to get a phone. So, but I wanted to get the voicemail out to you. Um, I wanted to tell you about a movie that I watched while I was wrapping presents the other day. Uh And I always like to watch something um, special and different while I'm wrapping Christmas gifts. And Uh nothing says Christmas like torture and murder and witch trials. Uh, And I'm talking about the 1970 cinematic gem, Mark of the Devil. Have you ever seen this movie, Patrick? Because it is, wow, it's unbelievable. It's 40 years old, the movie is. And I like to be a well-rounded horror fan. And I remember when I was growing up in the 70s, I would hear people talking about this movie, saying how horrifying it was and nauseating and all the blood and the torture and all. And uh, they gave out barf bags in the theaters when they showed it, and they rated it V for violence and all that stuff. And um, it just got by me, and I finally got to watch it. And I'm glad I did. It um, has a tongue extraction scene, which these days isn't so much. Then it was probably horrifying for audiences when you think about the time that it was put out. And it stars a very young and pretty Udo Kier, who's got to be the worst actor ever. I mean, he's so bad. He's so wooden. He has no emotion, and uh, you know he. But he's very pretty. Uh, He looks a lot like Rob Lowe did at his peak of uh, handsomeness. Oh my God! And um, he was uh, Udo Kier was also in Andy Warhol's Frankenstein, also known as Flesh for Frankenstein which is one of my other favorite trashy horror movies. And he was also in one, uh, that was in 73. And then in 74, he was in Blood for Dracula, which was good, but not as good, in my opinion, as Flesh for Frankenstein. So I think you would have a great time reviewing this movie if you've never seen it. And if you have seen it, what are your thoughts? 
that's about it. Good luck with your concert. I hope oh, it's a success. You. I'm sure it will be. <clears throat> Sorry I won't be in New York to see it, but I'm sure well, it'll be great. You. And uh, happy holidays to you in Bradford. Merry Christmas, whatever. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Well, it just goes to show you everybody celebrates the holidays a little differently. Some do it with prayer and reflection. Some people do it with family get-togethers. And some people do it with tongue extractions and sliced-off nipples. Betty, it's always a trip when you call, and this one was plump full of good stuff. Yeah, I did have seen Mark of the Devil. I saw it a long time ago. I saw it in high school. Um, it's not a movie to like for me. I, I mean, I might want to go back and review it now, but it's I don't remember any story at all. I just remember... You know, set pieces of grossness like tongue extraction and nipples getting cut off and all that whatnot. Um, but you know what? Why don't they hand out barf bags at movies anymore? That's cool. They should hand them out like anything with Katherine Heigl in it. No, no. Yeah, or, or what's his name? Mr. Demi Moore. Anything he's in. Here's your barf bag. That would be cool. And really, what a sad thing to say, Betty, that... Oh, yeah, it's watching a screaming virgin getting her tongue ripped out. That's probably no big thing nowadays, but back then it was pretty shocking. What a sad thing to say. Kids today, meh, tongue removal, meh. I did three this afternoon during study hall. Good Lord. And see, and not to harp on an old point, but this is why I always try to watch things without the modern cynical eye, because you never have any fun with that cynical eye. Oh, that's no big deal. That's lame. I've got 47 piercings through my nipple. Big deal. She cut hers off. Whatever. Whatever. Kids. Uno Kier is perhaps one of the worst actors ever. You are correct. He's got those freaky eyes. Those Siberian husky dog blue eyes. Creepy, creepy, man. He was also in that John Carpenter thing with the movie. Cigarette Burns, that was it. And I just saw him in something. Hold on. Another fireside check. I watched this... Norwegian miniseries called um, The Kingdom. It's what uh, Stephen King based his uh, series Kingdom Hospital on. And it's about a fucked up hospital. And he's this weird ghost child. Like this woman has sex with a ghost and she gets pregnant. And Udo Kier is what comes out. Like whole. Like as an adult. Like this woman gives birth to an adult. And surprisingly, I guess he can show that in full close-up on Norwegian television. Because yeah, you're right. It was another exploding vagina. And not only was it an exploding vagina... They show the vagina, like, like the head crowning out of the vagina and everything. And then, like, you got Udo Kier's head sticking out of this poor girl's hoochie. And he's like, la-la-la-la-la, hello, my baby, hello, my honey. But in Norwegian, it was really unsettling. And I've seen both of the Frankenstein and Dracula and the Warhol movies. Again, I saw them in high school when I probably wouldn't appreciate them. But it did teach me the important lesson that to truly know life, to truly know life, you must first fuck it through the gallbladder. Anyway, the concert was great. I probably already babbled all about that in the first half of the show, which I haven't recorded yet because I'm in a time travel warp now. And um, thank you for your concern. I'm so glad everyone's checking in on my health. That makes me feel so special. And um, you and Durwood have a happy holiday as well, whatever you witch people do. Did I say witch? I meant completely normal next-door neighbors. Hey, Peppermint Patty, this is uh, Zombart with the Zed Colin. Oh, fuck uh, you, sir. I just wanted to drop you a quick message fuck and wish you, you a happy, uh, happy Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And a uh, happy Christmas to all the Scream Queens out there. Yes. Um, I'm 
dressed as the Grinch and heading to my Rocky Horror Show. We're doing a, a Christmas tribute, and I'm the the, the criminologist tonight. So the should be interesting. Should be should be some fun. Um, I wanted to uh, uh, mention uh, last night I uh, did some Xbox Live in with the old uh, Splattercast, uh-huh. and no, I'm not cheating on you. You were online. We sent you an invite, but I guess your voice Four. is still bad. Oh, I hope your voice is better for your concert. Yeah, sincerely, because uh, it sounded pretty rough. Yeah, it was a so Christmas I, miracle. I hope you're doing better. Move um, along. Anyway, I wanted to update my favorite horror puppet, because um, we watched a movie called Terror Vision, uh-huh. and this Terror is an old Vision. Carl Band Full Moon yeah. thing, and <laughs> there's this alien in it that has this big long tongue that turns into people, and it was kind of a little bit of amazing. And I know I shouldn't praise Charles Band because he's just awful at everything, but oh god, that puppet was awesome. So yeah, so this one I'll let you know I've updated my my favorite horror puppet choice. Uh, that's it. I'll talk to you later. Toodles. Seriously, should I start being offended by this Toodles thing? I mean, listeners, just chime in on this one. Let me know. Am I being placated? I don't know how I feel about it. It makes gives me a stranger danger kind of feeling, you know? Anyway, um, yeah, Zombard sent me a picture of himself as the Grinch on the phone. It was really cool. It was really cool. And uh, maybe I'll post it if I can figure out how to get it off my phone. Because I have new phones, and we have new phones here, and I don't understand anything that they're doing. Um... Your new horror puppet. Yeah, I saw Terror Vision a long time ago on VHS when I was in high school, which seems to be the theme for this evening. I remember it was almost good, but then again, I didn't see it the way I was not a full Scream Queen yet. I might have a lot of stuff I don't, I didn't appreciate at the time. But I can't allow you to update your puppet choice. Sorry, sir. You set the rules for this one. You set the rules for this particular essay question, which was, outside of the world of Charles Band, what is your favorite horror puppet? So, sorry. Rejected. Please have it back on my desk tomorrow morning. And signed by your parents. Or on second, though, just get it signed by your mama, because everybody knows your daddy never came back from buying them cigarettes 17 years ago. All right, while I get into Zombart's Mama, it is time to wrap the show up for the week. Tune in next time. Maybe I'll actually be doing a whole show. Maybe I'll be back in a human octave by then. But until then, I want everybody to have a really safe and great holiday season. And remember, if you're going to nog, don't drive. You can nog and snog, but don't get behind the wheel of the car if you're nogging. Because you might nog yourself. You might nog into a bog. And run over a frog. Oh my god, this is the worst. Oh, just end the show, Patrick. Alright, if you want to be like this multitude of really cool people who contacted me here at the show, you can write me an email at crew at screamqueens.com. That's queens with a... Z! That's right. Or you can call the voicemail line at 347-767-3509. You can like me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. You can friend me on the Xbox, Red Menace, NYC. Or you can leave a review in the iTunes store. How about that? Or how about this podcast alley thing? What is this all about? I guess you can go over there and vote for me or leave messages and stuff. Just spread the word. Children, spread the word. 
instead of spreading your leg, girl. Wow. Okay, again, happy holidays to everybody. Give your loved ones a great big hug. Punch your non-loved ones in the face or kicking down a flight of marble stairs. It's Christmas. They'll go right to heaven. Apparently, that's the rule. Right, Mr. Brad? That's right. Mr. Brad said, that's right. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, Honey, if you don any more gay apparel, you're going to look like a damn parade float. Bye. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches!